Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 131st episode of the Truth Island podcast. Last week, Kenny and I began our discussion of what exactly constitutes evil, but ended up spending more time on what makes a good person than what makes a bad. If you haven't listened to that discussion already, it is recommended you do so first before continuing on to this one. Just to recap from last time, while we had some disagreements, some key takeaways that we arrived in our last discussion were that good people are generally, one, secure in their identity, and two, have a strong love for others. We can imagine that our good person does not harbor too many inward thoughts, especially in the domains of obtaining material goods, fame, fortune, and any of the other shallow pitfalls of forging an identity for oneself. While our good person does show consideration and, gener- and generosity towards others, this generosity is not without its boundaries. Flipping the tables as to what makes a bad person, it is tempting to assume that the very opposite is true. However, like most things, life gets complicated when each person wakes up believing they are the hero of their own adventure. Joining me to help continue our conversation, I am once again joined by Kenny. You know, Kenny, I I was listening to our conversation last week and began thinking of the quote, man feels compelled to destroy that which he cannot have. How does that quote sound to you when starting to talk about bad people? Do you think that's that quote is going to lead us anywhere? Yeah, I think it will. I think that is, I think that's that's the very nature of um, of evil. I think that's the character, uh, at least if not the entirety. I think that's the that's a great part of the of what makes up the character of an evil person. I I have this vision, and 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 I, I'm getting this idea of evil both from Milton and Lucifer. And I'm also getting this from pretty much every Disney movie that I've ever watched where you have a villain character, right? And I would say that in these Disney movies, they probably based it off the the prototype of Lucifer who for whatever reason is banished from society, right? Like you always start off with a villain who's been banished, lives in the shadows, uh, lives in a kingdom entirely of them, you know, onto their own. And they typically have access to the good life or heaven or the good people. They can see that, but they can't have it. They're, they're not welcome there. They can't partake upon it. And what ends up happening is a lot of that envy, jealousy starts quickly translating to hatred of like, well, if I can't have that kingdom, if I can't be a part of that kingdom, I must destroy it because everybody in this world must be as miserable as I am. And I think that that probably is the originator of a lot of sin and a lot of what would we deem evil. And I I don't know, do you have any experiences in your life that that kind of speak to that story? Well, um, I think we, you know, we do it when we're kids. I think everybody experiences this as a child. Something along the lines of, I remember situations i don't know if, i don't know how true they are if this is just a work of my imagination but i could as a kid to be in a situation where you know we're all playing soccer outside and the person who brings the ball because you know i mean uh there's usually a person who brings the ball and everybody else kind of just <laughs> you know hopes he right? shows and up. they they gotta play right it's my <laughs> ball if you don't let me oh, play well then how exactly. how are we gonna have to- <laughs> exactly so you know that's, that's that's my point exactly so the person's holding the ball you know and he's 
he's threatening you that, you know, even if he's a terrible player, he might be the worst player out there. Nobody wants him on the scene. Mm, right. We know absolutely that if we do not allow this kid to play, we are not, no one's playing. You know? so, <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's obviously, it's, you know, there is, there's an innocence about it. It's just a, it's just a matter of desire and a matter of having the power to, you know, um, to exact your desire over others. But as, as kids, we do it in a very immature, childish, you know, um, childish way. But when we become adults, do we lose that innocence? And it becomes a it becomes a very dark thing. So you have you know the whole you know the whole culture of uh, Hollywood producers or you know, you know um, um, Hollywood bigwigs demanding um, say sexual favors from young women in order to cast them in a role. Sure. You have you know um, politicians blackmailing one another or you know doing despicable things in order to you know um, to make sure that uh, they 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 hold. Um, the people who 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 are going to be you know favorable to them and so forth, but so th- th- I I'd say that we we do these things every day on a very minor scale, sure, but it's also happening on a very major scale. Okay, I want to I I think this is a good place to go because I, I want to talk about our banished individual. Okay, so we have this we have this archetype of an individual mm-hmm. who is banished, and there's two reasons why an individual gets banished. Sometimes it's not the individual's fault. Sometimes the in-group is really cruel and they're really mean, or maybe they're partaking in something that's particularly fiendish or nasty. I, I, I can imagine like a gang telling someone, no, 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 you don't belong here. Get the hell out of here. We don't want you here. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to help us rob this bank or something. Right. So sometimes the, that we, because we, we automatically assumed that the person being banished is the evil one, right? And we always think that the in-group must be the good group, right? But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's actually the person that's being banished who isn't quote unquote nasty enough to kind of hang with the bad boys. So that does happen. And then in other instances, sometimes that person is just being really, really particularly difficult. They're being selfish. They're like, you know, this is my ball and we're going to play soccer under my rules and blah, blah, you know, and then that person is being so difficult that they need to be banished or they need to just spend some time alone. And then they can come back to the group and then they can kind of readjust their behavior so that they better fit in. So it's very, very, very confusing because sometimes you have individuals that are banished, but it's for really good reasons. Like they're actually in the right and everyone else is in the wrong. And then in other times that person needs to kind of sort themselves out and then rejoin the group. So I, I, I think that's something that is kind of missing in a lot of these cliche Disney type movies is that, that there, there, is, there is nuance there. It's not just a black and white situation. Oh, no, absolutely. I think, you know, just um, evil is often banished, but not every person who's banished is evil. Um, nothing sells a good, uh, nothing sells a, a, a family dispute like a good banishing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what grounding is. Grounding is being banished to your room for a, for a duration of time. But no, you know, it's, uh, so the, 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 the film's, so for the Disney villains are very, I mean, I think they're a good representation of what the, the core of evil. I mean, they're obviously not, they're kind of caricatures because kids gotta have to, you know, understand what's going on. But most of the time, evil is far more, far more complex and far more, um, 
evil doesn't walk around with flaming hair, you know, <laughs> you know, or tentacles or wearing a you know um red leotard. It it, it just it, it looks like you and me. It looks like anybody on the street, you know. But I think that evil occurs really begins to seep in to a human to the human experience or to to the human soul when when it's my will be done when it's all about me me doing getting living what i want how i want you know and so forth and uh when people when people become instruments that we use to acquire whatever it is we desire i think we are on a very bad path we, i wouldn't say the person is necessarily evil because i think that evil is um we'll get there because I think uh, evil evil gets to a very dark place, but I think that that's the road. That's how it begins. Just listening to what you're saying, I, I think that one way that maybe we can see if the banishment is a rightful banishing or like a, a not a rightful banishing is perhaps the conditions which are levied upon the person that's banished, right? So I think that if you banish somebody or you say, "Hey, you need to take a time out," "Hey, uh, we're not inviting you next week." I think that for that party to be good, they have to give some kind of conditions as to why that person's being banished. It has to be like, hey, man, you acted really disrespectful at that party last week. You said some really inappropriate things. Um, we just don't feel comfortable having you here. So I think when the when the in-group gives the person being banished some really solid reasons why you're not coming back, well, then that protects the integrity of the in-group because now, now there's something that the bad person can work on. And if that bad person doesn't want to improve themselves and they're like, no, I'm just, um, I'm happy being a drunk asshole and I'm going to act the way that I want to act. Well, then that, that person is making themselves into a villain. I think when the in-group banishes somebody without any good provocation or any good reason, it's just like, we hate you. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing that you can do to change. It's just your, the very look of you is something that repulses us. I think that might be a good indication that it's actually the in-group that needs changing and that the person being banished might, might actually have something to offer. And they're kind of afraid of that. Yeah. That's usually the case. I mean, not, I would say that's, both sides, both sides could be easily banished. You know, the um, a legitimate, legitimate, caring, and kind person could very well, absolutely, be banished by um, um, by people who don't care or who are jealous or who um, who just don't understand what the hell he's about. And a very, a truly wicked man can be banished by by people who, at least, who consider themselves to you know to uphold some sort of moral standard or some sort of societal standard and so forth. And um, so yeah, absolutely. It it's it doesn't when it comes to being banished, it doesn't matter. It doesn't anyone could be banished. Anyone could could face the could be treated as though they were evil. Um, that's one of the things you know. One of the one of the things the law, um, the the judicial system is there for is to make sure that no one is treated as evil when they are not in fact evil. But of course, you know, it doesn't always work. We have people who are spending years in prison for a crime they didn't commit. Because sure. whenever human beings are involved, we're always going to make either, con you know, we're either going to pervert the law, know with knowing fully well we're perverting the law, or we're going to do it accidentally because we, you know, we make mistakes. One one paper gets sh shifted to the wrong file, or lost in 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 mail or words which lost in translation, and human beings pay for that with their lives.
but when it comes to when it comes to evil, when it comes to when it comes to man, when it comes to dealing with evil, either an evil society or an evil person, that's that's a good question. So what 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 constitutes what? So I know that I know fully well. I I would believe I believe that an evil person begins either evil of a person begins begins with you know with a care or should I say a a this just selfness, a very selfish disposition i know and it's not necessarily it's a very selfish disposition because from there um all kinds of unkindnesses all kinds of you know wickedness comes out but an evil society how does it how does an evil society come about what what constitutes an evil society you know how do we how do we judge that do we judge that based on our own laws just because a law one nation's law is different from another doesn't necessarily make it evil Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna definitely talk about evil society, but let's. I, I want to nail down this evil individual, and I think I think once we get the evil individual, then we'll see how we can uh, form an evil society. So, I think moving back to our banished individual, I like what you just said about the inwardness, right? So, if someone is banished, they have this extreme. If they're if they're an evil person, they have this extreme inwardness of like it's not fair. I want the game to go this way. I want the rules to be that as such. I want, I, it typically, it's a statement like, I want to be the leader of this, right? I don't like following this other person's rules, or I don't like following the group's rules. I want my rules to be the one that reign supreme. So there's this, in, this is this very, very deep inwardness where the evil individual wants supreme control over the situation. They want, they, they want their rules to reign supreme. And maybe they themselves as an individual want to be the center of attention, right? I, I think that there is that, um, yeah. th this idea that like, mm -hmm. not, only, not only do I want my rules to reign supreme, I also want to be uh, the shot caller. I want all eyes on me, all ears listening to what I have to say. I, I am the focal point of control and the focal point of attention. And yeah. I think that that, you know, I think whether you're, you might have very, a very good cause, maybe there's something that you, you might have a noble purpose, but I think that type of inwardness, even if your desires or your end goal is, is something beautiful, I think there's something very, very, very dangerous in wanting that level of control. Even, even if you have beautiful egalitarian ideals, I, I think that having that, that inwardness of you being the center of control i think that right there is like the seed of where evil is born yeah because what you just described is man trying to be god yes yes it's, it's, a, it's a human trying to have ultimate godlike power over everybody and anybody around him so you know in order in order to accomplish that you need an incredible amount of power and if you don't have that kind of power you'll go through all sorts of means all sorts of you know strange and devious means to control people. So we have this, you know, slithery, slimy way of manipulation, lies and deception. And that those things are not how you say they're they're just not what you're looking for in a mate. You know what I mean? Mm, right. <laughs> that that kind of mind, that kind of mind is is um is incredibly dangerous when you want to have that kind of control over people. It's it's uh it's you know, no no human being is supposed to have that kind of control over another human being. To to do that to do that well, yes I would say that if you can accomplish you you don't want to accomplish it but if you accomplish it you are you are you are you're you're dealing you're dealing with very dark things. Now a lot of 
again, like I really do subscribe to the theory that no one wakes up in the morning thinking they're evil. So if you talk to one of these control freak evil people and you got a cup of coffee with them and you sat down and talked with them, they would probably say wondrous, beautiful things like, I just want to create a just world. I just want to create a world where, you know, we all have access to this and we can live in peace. We can live in harmony with one another. And I have the answers. I, I can do it. I, I know I, if you just follow me, I will show us the way. Like, I, I think a lot of these individuals, when they wake up in the morning, they don't actually think to themselves, like, I want to slaughter as many people as humanly possible. Like, I, I, don't, I actually don't think that that's what's going through their mind. Because when we talk about a lot of these crazy sociopaths, we have this vision of, oh, this guy must have been torturing dogs and cats when he was a kid or, or you know, or, or freezing ants and doing all this sorts of nasty stuff. I actually think that a lot of evil is just generated by virtue of having what you think to be extremely pure intentions. You know, you really label yourself in your way as the most compassionate way on earth, but it has to be your way. There's no other, there's no other way other than your way. And I think that's, that's what kind of blinds us to all of this is because a lot of these people, you talk with them, you get a cup of coffee and they seem like really, really idealistic, noble creatures of heaven. But, but, but when, when you actually discover that you have to surrender everything you believe and follow what they believe, that's where the danger lies. Yeah, because, you know, there's a, there's a kind of righteousness that, you know, that there's a humanly righteousness that I've, I've, I've noticed does, does that. There's a, kind of, there's a kind of desire for the ultimate good, not just for yourself, but for other people. That turns a man into that kind of, um, that kind of evil. Um, because to him, and he, this this doesn't have this doesn't have to be religious. This could be political. This could be even opinion about music, about you know the purest form of music, the purest form of you know intellectual um, conversations, or purest form of literature, the purest form of anything. But if you if you think that you know it all and that you are you are the the prophets of that idea, you will be willing if you're not careful. If you're not careful you will be willing to do unspeakable things for that idea. And so, you know, I find that it, this is why it's very hard to have an argument with a human, with a human being who, who does not in any way consider the possibility that he or she may be wrong. It's just, it's just not because what you're dealing with, you're not dealing with, you're, you're dealing with a holy war. Yes. Who is right now on a holy pilgrimage or a, a crusade in the name of their idea. And to them, you are an infidel. You are an obstructor of holy justice. And the only way to deal with an obstructor of holy justice is to kill them. That's it. There is no other way. You can't, unless your God, your, your mythical whatever God comes down and changes his mind, you got to kill him. I know. I think. I, I think you're really. You're really. You're so close, man. You're like rubbing against evil. <laughs> and I. I, I feel this I when that. I. I, <laughs> I feel this a lot when I'm having a discussion with somebody, and I've encountered a lot of these people, like especially in the workforce where they'll talk to me as if I'm a primitive monkey and be like, Aaron, Aaron, I 
just don't think you understand. I just don't think that you understand what we're saying. And it's like the 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 kind of like condescension that you hear. Again, this is not, you know, this is not dictator level evil, but in their tone of voice, like the way that they address me and the way that they talk to me is if you do not think as we think, right? There's something in, in your thought process that needs to be crushed. Like it just, it needs to, like our way is going to be the way to utopia. Our way is the way to salvation. Our way is for a happy, united humanity. That That's their thinking. So all of their thoughts in the back of their head are pure. Like if everyone just thinks the way that we think, utopia is straight ahead, right? It's exit 12, right? It's coming up in quarter of a mile. That's their thinking, right? That if everyone just gets on board with the way that we think, utopia is around the corner. And in that process, there's absolutely no attempt to understand what another human being is trying to convey, right? Like, I think that's how it starts. I think that's how evil light you know, begins, begins to start is that there's just there, you don't have to, again, when you're arguing with someone, you don't have to just lay down like a doormat and just be like, okay, I, I surrender. But if you're not even trying to understand that there might be intelligence outside of your own intelligence, I think right there, you're already like a three steps in, into the, in, you know, you're three steps on the way to evil. That's the whole thing with, you know, um, um, we see it, we see it quite a lot today. We have, you know, often two sides battering each other with certain different with different ideas. Yes. And both sides believe they're absolutely correct. And nobody on the other side, on either side, uh, on the opposing side, has knows anything, you know, has knows anything on what the hell they're talking about. And so um, this is a very this is a very real thing that we can actually see just looking out, you know, staring out our, our, our windows today. And so the problem, unfortunately, most of the solutions to the solutions to most things is love. It's the only thing that's how you say is the only thing that makes that makes you at least aware of yourself to the point of knowing that you may be wrong about something. Or right. at least if you know you're not wrong, to give the other person at least the benefit of the doubt to say they might see something you do not see. The point is simply that I believe you're absolutely right. It's evil does not always it doesn't look like Hades. It doesn't look like uh, Ursula. It doesn't look like uh, Scar. Sure, there, there, there is, there is evil like that. There is absolutely evil like that. The person who robs you and 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 and, and, and commits all kinds of crimes and things like that, for sure. Yeah, but with with there's a, there's a different kind of evil, and this kind of evil is actually I, I think is far more dangerous. The evil that the evil that is that is brought about by the pursuits of something good, something pure, something righteous, and and so forth. You know? Yeah, because I, 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 again, there might be a few sociopaths out there who are like, I just want to see the world burn. And I want to see everyone suffer. Okay. You know, hey, maybe there's your one to 2% of the population that is actually like that. But I think that if you look at um, our examples, and, and we're kind of moving into the larger society stuff like uh, Soviet Union gulag evil, for example, all of those people thought that they were doing something incredibly virtuous. They thought they were liberating uh, the farmers or the proletariat. They, they thought that, again, the, the ideology said, this is the road to heaven, right? Like th this is the road to heaven where we're gonna liberate 
um, all of these people, and yeah, some people might die along the way, but ultimately our vision for what the world will look like will be so beautiful, so beautiful that we're going to have to break a few eggs in order to get there, but it's going to, it's going to end up all right. So I think that when we're talking about evil, it's not in that sinister, I want to see the world burn down kind of manifestation. I think it's more of the, more of the lines of like, I have a beautiful, wondrous image of what humanity is going to look like. The only problem is, is I have to be the center of that universe. I have to be the sun, right? It's this idea that I have to be the sun in order for the universe to be as beautiful as it can be. Yeah, that's, that's yes. And everything, everything, everything a person like that does totally is going against nature, first of all. So let's just look at the, the, the whole idea of the, you know, what's it called, the utopia. Well, if you know anything about human nature, you know that a utopia is a far-fetched idea. I mean, <laughs> you have a better chance of throwing a beaver into the air and having it explode than you have of ever, ever creating a utopia without controlling human beings. Now, if you know we've looked at human nature, we find that this is not possible. So we, we want to control them. If we control them, we can make we can make all things well. Well, you're controlling people, bro. You know, you know, you're not dealing with actual people. You're dealing with either robots, you're dealing with, you know, um, instruments of your own, some weird manipulation. And you, you're not you're not dealing with actual everyday human beings. And so what at what costs, you know, what 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 cost do you accomplish these things, these high and lofty ideas and these high these these, you know, um, um, we're going to change the world. What, what cost? Beautiful. No? Absolutely beautiful, because I think that another part of evil is that it fails to love humanity for what it is. That, yes. that it, it just it fails to love humans in their natural state because. I think a lot of evil, again, and I, the more, I, I've actually been really thinking about this for the past week since our last discussion, because I really wanted to get this conversation right, is that I think that control is absolutely a part of this equation. And what's the hardest thing to control in this world? Humans, right? Like humans are the hardest thing to control in this world. We're unpredictable. We have moods. Uh, we vacillate from day to day. So I think a part of that evil is to control humans, but in order to control humans, you have to turn the humans into less than what they actually are. You have to program them in such a way to be obedient so that you you kind of negate their, their natural human reflexes in order to get the desired outcomes that you wish. Yes, yes, you, you, you absolutely have to do that because if you don't, they're gonna give you hell. And if you don't want you, yeah, so you 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 have to castrate them, basically. I, I totally agree with this. I think that it comes down, I think we can I can say that it comes down to control. There's a certain amount of control that one a person wants to, I mean, yeah, it's uh, there's a certain amount, and this is this is why this is why any man, the everyday man is capable of evil. Anyone is capable of evil, even parents amongst each other, with your children, with friends. I mean, people, this is <laughs> this is crazy. I think it's a very dangerous, very dangerous thing to want to control, to want to play God over people, things, and situations. I think you will, um, you will find yourself saying things or doing things that that look closer, closer to the dark, to the darkness than any than 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 any light. 
Mm -hmm. Well, let's even, you know, I, I think let's even take the magnifying glass and put it even closer on this individual because that you'll talk to them, you'll get a nice cup of tea with them, very friendly. But when they say, I just want to, you know, I just want to help people, I just want to control them. It's also in, in what the evil is not in what they're saying. It's also in what they're not saying is that they're saying inherently they are superior to everyone else because they, they believe that they are superior to everyone else because they are the only pathway to saving humanity, right? Which, which automatically means that they believe that they are a part of the chosen or they're a part of the elect, right? They believe that their essence and their, that they were created differently than everyone else. They're special, they're unique, they have divine destiny and that only them fulfilling their divine destiny is what can actually save and liberate hum humanity, which means, which means that they have a special complex. They have a, a complex which suggests that they are better and superior to that of all other humans because that's what they're not saying. Because if that person outwardly told you over that cup of coffee, hey, by the way, uh, Kenny, I'm special. <laughs> I'm special, right? You would be like, uh, get the hell away from me, you psychopath. And, and you would just quietly walk away. So what they do is they basically use the language of control and the language of helping people as a, as a covert way of expressing their specialness. Yes. I mean, oh, brother. This is, <laughs> this is, this is yeah, because I mean, think about it, right? We we so there there are two ways of doing good things. There's the there's the very overt way of you know, hey, look at how good how good I am and how many people I've I've I've, I've fed three three hundred babies in Africa. Well, what Tifra can do, well done. And then there's the way of people who absolutely go to their graves and nobody ever knows what they did, ever. Mm, right. So the big question is, okay, people who and it's it's weird. It's weird because. The, Anybody who advertises what good they do. I mean, think about, look at Twitter. That's, yeah. that's, that's all that's happening. That's, that's a lot of what's happening. Is it, if you, if anybody who goes around advertising the things, the good things that they do is suspect. It's suspect because what they're saying is there is a good. I've accomplished the good. But I want you to know that I've accomplished the good. The question now is, why do you want me to know? About, why do you why do you want me to know that you've accomplished a good? Well, I want you to see me in a certain way. I want you to see me in a certain light. I want you to see me in such a way that I could have a certain kind of authority over you, because we all know that we all know that good people, you know, good people, <laughs> um, are listened to. We all know that there's a cachet. There's a there's a certain there's a certain feeling. There's a certain look that we have or uh, uh, certain endearments we have towards good people who accomplish great things, right? Good things for other people. So we want to tap into that and we're going to use that to get what we want from you. Absolutely. And I, I think if you speak to anyone on Twitter, all of them think they're great people. All of them think that they are accomplishing, quote unquote, the good. All of them will, will, will say that. And some of them will have really convincing arguments like, well, you know, I helped, I helped this, uh, this village out here. You know, I, I've, I've donated, blah, blah, blah. And on paper, all of the, those things might actually be, be good, right? Like if you're, if you're a serial killer, you're probably not advertising that on Twitter. <laughs> you're, you're advertising the best possible persona of yourself. 
but you're absolutely right. Like your, your reasons for doing that is so that your status can be escalated, right? You're not yeah. doing, you're doing it because if you really just cared about doing those things, you would quietly yeah. do it. Yeah. You would, yeah, you would do your job, quietly do it, and then and then go home for the night. But instead, yeah. you do those things and then you advertise them because you want your social uh, status, you want your esteem to raise in the eyes and ears of others so that you can better control them. Because then yeah. they'll be like, well, hey, look at that man. He's donated you know, over a billion dollars and blah, blah, blah. He must be a good person. I, I think we ought to listen to what he says, right? It's not being done for purely good reasons. It's being done yeah. so that you can convince more people that you are virtuous and a saint-like figure and should be listened to more. And I hate to say it, but like, you know, and, and this is actually quite paradoxical because I think a lot of good things do happen through this through this channel. But on the other hand, I, I think that the motivations for doing a lot of these things aren't all that pure. Okay. So yeah, I mean it's this is <laughs> it's people, man. It's people, is what we do. You know, and I, I and so the more I think about it, I think we're we're living in a very backwards world. It's just um we, we do everything upside down and backwards, you know? Mm. Uh, it, and it's strange. We live in a very strange world, in a world where, you know, and these, so this is why it's almost like evil is not just one. It's like there's different gradients or different cores of evil, right? And you just, it's hard to find all of those gradients, all of those cores in, in one solid person or one solid entity or something like that. Yeah. But it's, it's scattered throughout, throughout our experience. It's scattered throughout people in, in different ways. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate, literally devil's <laughs> advocate. <laughs> and let's say we have one of these quote unquote people on Twitter mm. and they say, yeah, I'm braggadocious. Yeah, I advertise that I, you know, donated a million dollars to this coat charity drive. And they'll say, they'll say, well, Kenny, if I don't advertise about this good thing I'm doing, then other people won't know of it, or they won't be able to participate in it, or they won't be able to donate to this thing, or they won't be able to contribute to the GoFundMe page or whatever it is. And there is some, there's a valid point to be said about that, that if you're just quietly and nicely doing something, you are helpful. Like, don't get me wrong, that is a beautiful thing. But then you don't necessarily give other people the opportunity to contribute to that thing as well, because you're just quietly doing this and no one really knows about it. Whereas if you advertise it, if you market it, then people can know about it and, and be gained for it. I, I, you know, I even think of something that Jordan Peterson said, he said, you know, we all think that marketing is pure evil, but if you want to help people, you got to let them know that you're out there, right? You got to, you got to let them know that you exist in the world. Otherwise they'll, they'll never know what the hell it is that you have to offer. And there is a really good, there's a really valid point to be said about that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So for example, let I think about that. I think there's a difference. Okay. So okay. the idea of saying, okay, Hey, I've been doing this thing quietly for the past few years. And I really, I, I believe that I can do it on a bigger scale. I believe that I, I I think I I don't think I'm I'm I don't think I have enough or you know have enough time resources or whatever it may be to do this as much as I'd like to do it to accomplish the um, what I'd like to accomplish. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call a group of people that I you know that I once who I believe are capable of helping and uh, and, and and seeing what 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 comes of it. 
Well, what you're, you're what you're doing there is saying, listen, guys, this is the situation. There is this problem here. There is um, and there these are the these are the ways that we can meet the needs, meet the problems. Do you mind? Would you mind backing me up? Would you mind helping me? And people say, yeah, hell yeah, we'd like to help you. Hell yeah, we'd like to back you up. There's a difference between that and saying, hello, everybody. I've been doing this for the past 50 years. And then you go through all the lists of the people you've helped and how wonderful they're doing and how wonderful you were doing and how wonderful you felt when you were doing it and so forth and back forth. And all you're doing there is, well, blowing your own ego up, talking about how much, how helpful you are. The problem is not the problem is not talking about the problem. The problem the problem is talking about you and how well you address the problem, and wanting people to, I don't know, may either trust you or wanting people to want to have that that um, that envy, so that they so that they they feel they want to be on stage someday saying these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with advertising, but the problem is stick to the points. Advertising is this is what's going on. This is how you can help. Are you going to help? If so, here's how you help. If not, God bless you. Okay. I, I, this is a really, and this is, I give you a lot of credit because this is a very tough distinction to make. So it's okay to advertise, but it really depends on where the spotlight of that advertising is located. So mm. if the spotlight is located on the actual charitable deed. So if I, if I get on Twitter or whatever it is and say, you know, for $5 a month, you can help blah, blah, blah. Well, that spotlight, that attention is now being focused on the actual person or the actual thing that needs help, right? So for $5 a month, you can give uh, little Johnny here a jacket. I'm not focusing on myself. I'm focusing on the $5 and I'm focusing on the coat and the jacket and being warm and all that good stuff. But the second I twist that and say, well, in 2017, I traveled down here and I, you know, led the campaign to blah, blah, blah. When you have too many of those I statements, then the purity of what you're trying to achieve is being diluted and destroyed because you're focusing on I statements instead of the actual cause itself. Yeah. Now that we've kind of, I think we've done a really, in, in man, I think in like 40 minutes, maybe less, we've done a really good job of painting a picture of a, a very evil person. And it's nothing like the, uh, you know, um, animal cruelty psychopath of our, of our, of our, of our movies. It's actually, it's actually a lot closer to what, what we need to look out for. And a lot of people are blind. A lot of people don't even see the train coming. They're, they're completely blind. They're like, wow, look how amazing this person is, blah, blah, blah. Right. I think we've done a service right there. Let's talk about how that evil now transmits to the larger, like to how a society becomes evil. Cause I think that's the next, the next layer in this. And I'm gonna start by saying, I think that we have our idealistic individual who's now transferred away from the actual good that they were doing onto the good that they are themselves. And now they come to be in a position of power. They're in this position of power and they want everything, everything to look exactly the way that they want to. And I'll even give you a small microcosm of this. Imagine you're an incredibly rich housewife, okay? Incredibly Ooh, rich. You do like that. <laughs> right? I, I love housewives, but let, let's just go with, you know, uh, the cliche, like, very rich, very spoiled housewife. Mm. And she's having some 
renovations done on her apartment, right? And she's like, that has to go there. That lamp has to go here, blah, blah, blah. right? It's that desire of like, I need app, like in order to get to the greatest good, I and my vision must be in absolute control. And I think that on the macro level, that it's an individual who is like, you know, uh, schools must look like this. We must have this in the educational curriculum. Teachers all must do this. Police officers all must act this way. Everyone, we need to have a, a tax code that does it. Like every, they have their hands so tightly on the wheel with every single decision. That's why, you know, if you read history, every single dictator was an ultra micromanager. They would, they would basically dictate the curtains. They would dictate the curtains of their palace, right? And you would think, well, come on, dude, you have a whole country to run. You have a whole nation to run. But they, 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 if the curtains were not the way that they wanted to, if the soup was not as hot as they would have liked, they, would have, they threw a tantrum. So I think that it's that desire. It, it, you know, it, it begins at the household level and then it extends to an entire state where you want absolute control over over every little facet and every little detail of everything. It's like, it's this idea that every decision must go through me. Yeah, I mean, you, you just, yeah, exactly. That's tyrannical government. Yes. Absolutely. I think, I think that is in fact what an evil, what an evil government or an evil nation or evil society, or if not, if not the society at least, because the society could be filled with people who know absolutely that this is all bollocks, <laughs> evil rulers. That's how evil rulers, you know, um, run, run, run a society. Now, um, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's, that's how it looks. And that kind of, um, and it's unsustainable. Yeah, it's not. Unsustainable because once the ruler, you know, once the ruler dies, even while he's alive, even while he's alive, there's there's going to be some. He's he's going to have to in order for him, in order for him to maintain this amount of um, control. The things he's going to have to do are, is just it's terrifying because a lot of people are going to have to be killed. You're going to have to be killed because human. <laughs> One thing I know about humans is that we don't take jack squat lying down. Not many of us do. A lot of us are very how you say. Um, non-conformance right <laughs> <laughs> we smoke cigarettes all right we we don't care we we know it's going to kill us but we still smoke it that's just how badass humans are most most of the time right mm -hmm. we don't give them credit but yes they are badass so the point is simply that um you're gonna have to kill a lot of humans to, to accomplish that there's no there's no way in hell you will have a government trying to execute that amount of control and it's not built on the blood of, 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 of on the blood of humans, on the lives of many, many humans. I love this. I, I think we should actually use the example of cigarettes or, or, or something like that as an example, because let's say I'm absolute dictator of the universe and I say no one's ever going to be allowed to smoke again, right? Or, or I pat and again, on the theoretical level, it sounds like a very beautiful thing, right? Like, wow, look at this man. He, he cares about our health. He doesn't want anyone to ever smoke a cigarette again, right? Sounds glorious, sounds on paper, very virtuous. But then the question becomes, well, how exactly is he enforcing that? Is it a fine? Is it a penalty? And then let's say I have a fine, okay, great. But still, some people don't care. They still are smoking cigarettes anyway. And I'm like, I need them to stop smoking, damn it. Throw them in jail for 10 days, okay? Now, now we start throwing them in jail for 10 days and they get out of jail and they start smoking again. And I'm like, 30 days, a year, five years, 10 years, off with their head, right? So that's that's how it kind of escalates of, of 
I want, I want this virtuous thing. I want everyone to stop smoking. It's a, it's a beautiful, theoretically virtuous thing. But yeah. the means and the way in which I enforce that beautiful thing is what's going to ultimately turn me into a tyrant. You know, again, laws need to be enforced. I, I fully agree with that. But if the way that you enforce the law becomes too draconian, that's when the evil starts coming out. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's one of my friends says that his father, when they were growing up, had laws, household laws, right? Laws for their family. And he says that, you know, his one thing that was very helpful that his dad took into account very when they were very young was that he never made laws that were against your conscience. So if the kids wanted to smoke when they were 16, they could. They could because, first of all, they're old enough to smoke. Oh, that's, that was back then, I think. They're old enough to smoke. And what does that have to do with him? It's the, the, in, the grand scheme of, in the grand scheme of life, he can't control every single thing that they do. And so the point is simply that there are laws, there are, there, there's a way to rule, there's a way a government operates or a ruler operates that um, where he believes or it believes that it is the source of ultimate good. And, the, and it knows best, right? When the government steps into your life and says it knows best for you, right? Like a like a like a parent, like, and that's what that's what makes it so bad, right? You're dealing with adults, people who are grown as people, and you're coming in and treating them like children, and you want to you want to make sure that they obey you. You want to make sure that you break you break them and, and turn twist them to to fit your mold. Not only are you going to have a you know rebellion that you're going to that's sure you have to answer with brute force, mm-hmm. but it turns you into a wild animal. It turns the maker of those laws and it turns the enforcers of those laws into wild animals. I love that. When wow. You make laws that when you make laws that go against the basic human urges, the basic nature. No, no, I'm talking about perverse nature. Some of the basic human nature of either social, social, sociability. I'm talking about you know. Um, um, parent interaction, parent-child interaction. There, when when a, when a government steps in and tells parents how to raise their kids, that's messed up. Mm, mm, mm. When the government tells you what you can and can't put into your body, that's messed up. So what, those kinds of things, when 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 government oversteps like that, it's it's pushing the boundaries of tyranny, and usually governments like that are overthrown. Okay, I want to. I, I think that a lot, I, I think first off, there's a lot of, the, the, I, I would say like maybe the beginnings of evil in people who are overly critical. And I, again, again, maybe they have like, they have evil light, like they're not in a position of power. But um, sometimes you see this with, I, I, again, I, I have nothing against being a vegan or a vegetarian. God bless these people. Thank you for, you know, keeping the animals alive or whatever it is you're doing. And if, if I... <laughs> and and like if I'm if I'm talking with a vegan, fantastic. If they want to share some recipes, if they want to share how their lifestyle has enhanced them, excellent. However, things start to to cross a line when they start looking at me eating a hamburger with disdain, where they're like, "How could you eat that?" How, how? because now what they're doing is they're projecting. They're they're projecting a form of inferiority on me by virtue of my behavior. So if I eat this hamburger and I enjoy it, 
I am primitive. I am a barbarian. I am a primate, whatever it is. And they're, they're, they're thinking if you don't follow this virtuous road, if you don't follow the virtuous road, you are a savage. And that actually gives people the license to do some pretty incredibly wicked stuff because you've now, you've now taken away my humanity by virtue of me eating this hamburger because now now you think that oh well he's a savage he's a barbarian therefore we can be more oppressive in the way that we um restrict this person because if they're not following this way the the vegan way the most pure or superior way they are therefore you know eagle and again i i love vegans love love their lifestyle and god bless them i'm just using them as an example in this case yeah i mean yeah, that's 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 a very how do how do I say this slightly? That's a very bastard thing to do, because you know at the end of the day, you don't judge. First of all, I I do I do agree with you that a person who becomes very critical, very like overly critical, begins to you know and personally, um, it's something I have to watch out for because I have a mind that's always you know attaching itself to things that I see, sure, and trying to analyze. Okay, what's going on here? What is this? What does this mean? Right. And often what, what could happen is you start looking at life. I start looking at life through very um, I become too critical in the sense of and there's nothing wrong with understanding the world. Sure. But to 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 assign to assign too much judgment to it can make you a very unhappy person, it can make you a very um, dark person. Yes, yes. You know, and again, it could be in in the type of person who's like, I don't like sports right? Like you have that kind of person. I don't like sports. And not only do I not like sports, I am going to judge everyone who does like that. I'm like, oh, you watch ESPN zone, savage beast. How, you know, like here I am reading my Tolstoy or whatever, you know, like that, because that's a very dangerous mindset to go because you believe that your lifestyle, your choices are the correct ones, right? So you absolutely believe that your preferences, your choices in the world are the purest things. They are closer to divinity. They are closer to what God wants. And that gives you license to do some pretty damn awful stuff because if you ever, you could be just a critical person, right? And you go on to Reddit and, and, and talk about how you hate people who like sports or you hate people who like hamburgers or whatever, right? But then God forbid you're given any kind of ounce of power. Oh my goodness. What are you going to do with the world? You know, like you're, you're now going to be in a position where you can basically extrapolate your vision of the world onto everybody else. And again, it might be something not, it might be a small fine. It might be like a $50 fine, but if you really take yourself too seriously, right. And I think there's also this correlation between taking yourself too seriously and the amount of evil that you're willing to extract onto others. Cause if, if you don't take yourself too seriously, you'll be like, man, I, 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 I don't like sports, but Hey man, God bless you. Dude. But if you take yourself so seriously, then you're going to start extrapolating huge levels of punishment and, and, and abuse onto others who don't live within the confines of your life. Yeah, because to you, there's a correct way to do things, and your way is the correct way to do things. Yes, yes. I find this a lot. Of, I, I do actually find this a lot with um, with the vegans, and it's, um, and it's it's not it's not some how you say not an attack, but it's just what I've seen. Um, but it, it happens. It happens with anybody who who thinks that they are, you know, far more righteous than human beings. Don't know how to handle righteousness. You know. Mm, we all, yes. 
it turns us into animals. It turns us into something. So it turns us into cruel, cruel. I mean, here, here, here's, here's the idea, right? I mean, so you have this bunch of righteous people who thought they were absolutely righteous. You thought that they, that they thought that, right? They said, you know, we're, we're wonderful, righteous people, right? And when, <laughs> and when the Christ comes, they kill him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's very interesting. And we, we, we human beings don't change. Yes. We, 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 the world changed and we, 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 um, we make it great advancements, right? I mean, technology and, 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 and medicine and, and philosophy and so forth. But, but we don't change inwardly, man. We're still the same as we were two, 3,000 years ago, you know? So the point, <laughs> the point is this thing is still happening, but it's happening and it's, ha- it's not just happening in the religious circles. It's happening there too, for sure, but it's happening in the everyday man's life. Do you drink a, I, I noticed that you put soy milk in your coffee. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, we do we do these kinds of things to each other all the time because we think we know best We and we don't have love for each other and so forth. And, um, and I think it's a very bastardly thing to do. I, I think you touched on the magic word there and it was the word righteousness. I think that righteous, whether you're a religious zealot, whether you're, adamant in your like healthy diet whether you're adamant in your exercise whether you're adamant in your political views righteousness is kind of the sword that 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 the evil person uses right so i think the evil person uses the sword of righteousness to advocate for their particular brand of humanity their particular brand of life and the, the harder you fight for your way of life, even if it's a pure thing, let's just pretend for a second, everybody stopped smoking cigarettes, everyone stopped eating meat, we were all a lot healthier, we were all a lot better, right? Okay, maybe maybe on a theoretical level, we would be a much better off uh, species, right? But the harder you fight for that righteousness, the more evil you become. And I think, I think, I think the more you have your fingers on your own set of righteousness, the more evil, the more tyrannical, the more draconian you're going to become. And I think that's, that's the slippery slope from a $50 fine to the gulag is that you just, you cannot take your fingers off of the righteousness button. You just keep pressing the righteousness button until everybody conforms. And it's it it beyond you know what what's what's behind the veil and we said this earlier is that you exalt yourself to being above every other human being that's ever lived before you lives presently and will ever come after you your your way of life is that exalted that every you are superior than everyone else and anyone else deviating from that from that line of living is less than you and that's really what's that's really what's behind all of this yeah, and you know, if you find, if you look at it, if you, it comes back. So I think we've touched on two things that I absolutely love: is the control, yeah, the how you how you say the um, the overt advertising of one's righteousness. So, and I think those things go hand in hand, because the person who doesn't eat meat often wants you to know they don't eat meat, which I don't understand that, but. <laughs> It's like, hi, my name's Kenny. Hi, I don't eat meat. Like, no, what's your name? I just asked, what's your name? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know what your meat? Well, you know, but the, it's obvious. It's often, it's often like a like this huge, this big gold chain that they wear that they want you to look at and say, isn't that pretty? 
Mm. It's, it's that self-advertising. That's like yep. the advertising, right? It's like they and 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 but that's never enough. They're never enough because let's just say you let's just say you're 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 a kind person. And they say, Oh, you don't eat meat? That's you know, tell me about that. Then they tell you that you did a lovely story of how they once saw a cow cry and the cow was just so loving, and then the cow died and they cried. And they're like, Oh wow, that's understandable. I don't I, I can understand that. And, I, and now I appreciate the fact you told me that. This is your kind person and you understand that, right? The next thing is, you would hope that this person would under, also understand that you really like hamburgers. <laughs> you just, you know? But you, they rarely ever do. They rarely ever understand like, oh yeah, he just, I don't eat meat, but he eats meat, you know? That rarely happens, right? It's like, why... <laughs> something <laughs> <laughs> just came to mind okay i don't know if i've ever been to so when 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 i i know friends of mine who obviously love me but whenever they have a vegan friend over they try to make um specific a specific dish for that person for, sure for an accommodation person. yeah accommodation but when a vegan when a vegan when the vegan friend has them over there's no meat <laughs> because you know and to answer that question it's because in their paradigm the 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 being the vegetarian is the ideal right and that and that that, that's that's the ideal and any deviation from that ideal is impure right so that there can be no accommodation There, there can be no accommodation for what's impure right because only the pure should survive and anything that's impure should kind of slowly die away right and again and what 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 really is behind all of this is it's hubris it's just this hubris of like we are the purity like our way of life our practices our rituals our habits our beliefs everything is quote unquote the purity anything that deviates away from that purity must be crushed and when i say crushed i mean crushed within the power that i am currently afforded right so if you're having a vegan party you don't have the ability to give out 50 dollars summonses to people who eat hamburgers but you do have the power to just not have any hamburger dishes at that party so that's like yeah. a way that's a way of, of of tyrannizing that event and just making it like well if you're not on the pure train then you're not on any train get the hell yeah. off um, I, I, <laughs> I think um i think we've actually done quite an amazing job of of actually really picturing our evil person right here and you know to kind of summarize here i think that it's it's exalting oneself to be like you said in the very beginning of this conversation above all humans and then eventually to some level above god in some way right so that's check mark right and then once you've exalted yourself to this really 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 high state it's then basically forcing everybody to conform to your way, to your exalt, your exalted state, given whatever power you have. If you're a dictator, well, then you can accomplish a lot in getting people to conform to your way of life. Um, if you're just a petty bureaucrat, it, it's like raining hell on your employees or whatever. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're a tyrannical father, it's being a tyrannical father to your two small little kids and forcing them to major in what you want them to major in when they go to college. Right. So we all, we all have the ability to be a tyrant within the very confined domains that we operate in. And I think, I think that's our evil person. You know, we, we look, we look at our Stalins and Hitler, 
but we all have that potential to be that tyrant. We, well, we all know the mom or the dad who has the potential to be, you see the way that they treat their kids and you see that if given more power, that would escalate, that, that tyranny would, would escalate into further domains and basically oppress more people. Oppress more, absolutely. And I think, um, I think now that we have our good person, we have our evil person, I propose that our next conversation be about humility, because I think that humility is actually going to be the antidote to a lot of this self-righteousness and a lot of this evil. So if it's okay with you, I think that should be our next episode. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, my good man. This concludes the 131st episode of the Truth Island podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.